folks, I'm John Lawrence, the producer of Anesthesia Guidebook. I work as a CRNA or nurse anesthetist at a level one trauma center in Portland, Maine. If you're just tuning into Anesthesia Guidebook for the first time, thank you. I'm so glad you found it. Today, I have a very special guest on the podcast. MJ Hiblin is an illustrator from Norwich, United Kingdom, whose first book of art titled Frontline Heroes is available now from Eyewear Publishing. This book is incredibly powerful. I've followed MJ's work on Instagram since the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic when he began drawing images depicting the coronavirus as a classic comic book style menacing villain with healthcare workers squaring off as the frontline heroes that the world has come to know them as. When I saw that this collection of art was coming together in a limited edition hardcover, I immediately put my order in. The book went to press in August of 2020 And over the last few weeks, I've shared it with colleagues in my anesthesia department. Their first glance at the artwork during busy shifts at our level one trauma center was often much like mine. At first intrigued, and then within pages, fighting back tears as we realized the beauty and power of what MJ has captured in these images. His work is evocative and heart-wrenching, at once powerfully representing the human toll and suffering this virus has brought around the world while casting healthcare workers as the defiant, battle-worn, and ultimately triumphant care providers they are. You owe it to yourself, after the year that we've all experienced, to look MJ Hiblin up on Instagram and get a copy of this book for yourself. You can find it on Amazon or directly from the publisher at Eyewear Publishing. Links to the book are in the show notes, and if you hurry, you might still be able to get one of only 1,000 first edition hardcovers signed by MJ. I can't wait for you to hear the story behind these images, and I'm so grateful for MJ taking the time to speak with me today. And with that, let's get to the show. Well, MJ, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, We're here today to talk about your new book, Frontline Heroes, which is a collection of your artwork depicting healthcare workers taking on the coronavirus. Uh, Where did the spark come from to start this project? Uh, Well, I've done quite a few sort of what I'd call, I don't know, tribute pieces before, you know, for for various bits and pieces. I did one for when Carrie Fisher passed away. Um, 2016 sort of a a memorial image if you like or something just to sort of put out there to say you know I appreciated that person or something like that and um yeah I just when I was watching what was going down with the whole virus um I noticed that there was a lot of a lot of people were putting up art of nurses with halos on their heads and angels wings and all this kind of stuff and uh, it felt a bit weirdly twee if that makes sense yeah so so what i did was i i, I thought if i and i knew a couple of people who worked in, worked as in the healthcare service there and they were kind of generally a bit pissed off to be honest you know they were a bit <laughs> you know, they were quite it, quite defiant but they they were people working bloody hard they, uh, and you know they needed a little bit more of a something a little bit punchy i thought so i did the initial image of the the nurse flipping the finger to the the virus and I posted it up, and it just it just really caught people's imaginations, and it went it went crazy from there. Yeah, it's really it it seems to have. I I don't know when I first saw that image on Instagram, but but at that point, I mean, the algorithm must have known that that was catching like wildfire across the world. But it definitely uh, caught my attention, and I've really enjoyed following your work since. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Cool. So if you don't mind, let's, let's talk about that image a little bit. So you said, um, yeah. so you've titled it here in your book, uh, you've titled it hero first version. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about, um, what's going on in that image? Um, well, it's a nurse flipping my finger. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty simple, really. It's a, yeah, it was basically what, what it, the way I kind of look at it is that I don't, I don't really do a lot of pretension in art. Because I, I sort of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trained. I'm not a trained artist. I've self-taught artist. So, all you know, all my work I do, I, I like work to appeal to everyone, or to touch a nerve with everyone. You know, not not just some kind of elite person interpreting a certain way. But that was quite simple. It was literally like um, in comic book art. It was just like there's a nurse. She's just a nurse, and she's 
pissed off and then I sort of interpreted the virus as the as some kind of monster you know with this stereotypical kind of what a virus looks like the grumble so yeah it was just that really also I'd, I'd done an image previously a few years ago um for a friend who who was had quite a, a bad illness and it's a very similar image but where the nurse was is she was sitting in a wheelchair oh wow and re- reaching her hand up and instead of a virus, it was a, it was a huge, quite stone, very black, massive sort of dragon head. Wow. Leaning into her. And it was almost like her, and I did it for her, so it was like her kind of you know, showing no fear to this, this encroaching thing that obviously you could interpret it as any particular terminal illness. So, you know, it, it was very, it was, it, was, it was iconic, if you like, sort of an iconic thing coming down. And I can't, so I kind of used that idea as well for it. Right, right. Well, and I think that's I think that's what resonates, perhaps, is that it's just. And I have no formal training in art either, and so your art's very accessible. I think to, uh, you know, just the uh, common folk, if you will. Um, but yeah, this yeah. You know, it's just a, you know, this image. It's a nurse, and then the, you've embodied the virus as kind of that big red glob with little pointy things, and he's got these gnarly teeth and kind of gross mm. drool and these angry eyes, and he's looming over the nurse, and the nurse just looks perfectly calm and defiant uh you know flipping the bird giving the finger to the virus which i think yeah. is uh as you said it is a bit uh edgy or punchy or, or just uh are strong in many ways um yeah absolutely what how did how, tell me so your your other work seems to be really anchored in drawing superheroes and villains you've done yeah. a lot of interpretations like on Batman, Joker, you know, Venom, others from the Marvel universe. So uh, how did that kind of background in, in drawing and imagery shape the evolution of how you depicted the virus in this current line of work? Yeah. Well, I, I've always been, I mean, I, I do a lot of the comic booky stuff because, I mean, it's kind of my interest and, and it's, I, I enjoy it. And the fan base that I seem to have accumulated on Instagram particularly, it's very much, you know, that they really like when I mix up two kind of genres, really. Um, so I think I used the comic art because it just felt, it felt appropriate to portray doctors, nurses, firefighters, those kind of guys as heroes using a comic book art style, but showing them, not in an exaggerated way, although there are a few images in the book where they are, but not in an exaggerated way, more in a way where you can see their heroism or you can see their determination or the way they collaborate and work together through comic book art, but not drawn in a massively exaggerated way, if that makes sense. Um, and with the, the virus was the total opposite of that. The virus was the, I just like the idea of um, the, the virus sort of manifesting itself in some kind of st- sort of almost stereotypical comic book villain yeah going yeah, against yeah. um going against imagery of nurses who look quite more, more more accurate if you like and i mean i did i did launch a little project so there were a lot of sort of um i kind of thought there were a lot of kids out there a lot of people out there sort of following me and they cut they were bored you know lockdown happened everybody was locked down so i started up a little project i drew the villain in various ways that yeah. you, you can see in the book and, right. and asked people to send me illustrations of what what do you think the hero would look like yeah who fought again and uh a lot of people sent me fantastic weird looking imagery <laughs> some of them I've but you know there were quite a few people who just sort of just sent me a little picture of their dad oh this my gosh my you know my, my dad's my dad's a nurse or you know i think it would look like my friend but he's just he's just a nurse I'd say he doesn't wear an Iron Man suit or anything, and you're sort of thinking, "Well, that's 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 enough," you know. So, oh, and yeah. I so taking that little seed of that, I think, kind of started to to permeate into to every every sort of thing I did. Yeah, book, really. yeah, I think it's remarkable that there is this. Uh, I mean, it's, it's very clear in your work. The coronavirus is this, like, uh, you know, massive, intimidating gnarly evil virus it, it's mm. a, as a healthcare provider it's very interesting to kind of see that personification of something that in real life we can't see we see the effects of it but 
you know, we've seen yeah. the, the microscopic images of the little blobs with the pointy things on it. But um, yeah, for you to embody it, it, it kind of it kind of gives you a little bit more of a concrete villain to think about in your imagination. Yeah, it it does. It it, it sort of yeah, you kind of visualize something simple that you can't. Obviously, a virus you can't see it doesn't make for very exciting imagery. You know, and a virus is something. I think if you do see it in imagery, I mean, obviously, you, you know, I'm not taking into account the the, the myriad of zombie apocalyptic comics you've got but to manifest it like that means somebody can then identify with it a little bit better yeah. if that makes sense like I said before it makes it a little bit more accessible to the audience yeah yeah absolutely. it's just a point of pulling reality into a comic book the reality of who we are into a comic book against an absurd absurd looking slightly um you know shape changing villain i think yeah. Well, in some of your work, you know, it's not all, uh, you know, nurse or doctor or firefighter f- facing off with coronavirus. We, there's some images in your book that uh, are just kind of depict the, the human aftermath or just the, the experience of the pandemic for individuals. So uh, if you don't mind, yeah. maybe we can talk about a couple of those images. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, and I have to tell you, I've 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 taken your book to work. I, I I'm so stoked to have one of the the first editions. It's a beautiful book. And as I've sat sure. around the office uh, at the hospital here in Maine and watched people flip through it, it's I think a common experience is that people tear up and they see some of these images and it hits them in a way that's just very impactful. Um, and one yeah, Im- one image in particular uh, is is titled text or or simply txt. And I wonder if you could sure, describe yeah. what's going on in that one. I just, well, texting's a very, particularly with young people, it's a very simple, understandable way of communicating to each other, you know, in a very subtle way. And I just, I like the idea of, and I didn't want the drawing to be overly complicated as well. It's very simple. And um, obviously the, somebody having sort of the breathing, the, the breathing mask on, you kind of know what's going to, what's happening you know it was just something very simple like that connection between his son and his mum you know just say oh I'm, are you okay I'm okay you know and that, to, to create a little bit of an atmosphere of like worry and vulnerability yeah yeah and yeah so th- that was that was that was that one also it, kind of, it also reminded me of my I, I was able to take a lot of um, I think feeling away from it because my, my mum used to say passed away she had um copd so she uh and with that a lot of anxiety you know with the breathing that she had and i've i've never myself been in in hospital but the, i've seen the doctors and nurses here look after my mum and i've always admired it and it's just that sometimes that little exchange of um communication can can make all the difference so yeah that was that was the that was the kind of feeling behind that one yeah, yeah, and just for the listeners who may not have seen it, so you've got just a, a very simple picture of looks like a young man reclining, kind of sitting in a in a hospital bed with his phone out, yeah. and he's wearing um, uh, what in the in the states we would call a BiPAP mask or CPAP mask, but just the oxygen mask yeah. strapped to his face with the little ventilator off to his side, and and then it's interesting, kind of, you know, that's almost down at the bottom of the image uh and then way up at the top you just have a a text uh i guess it just says i love you and then then and then the reply is i know mom i love you too with a thumbs up yeah and it's just very impactful like you said you know especially i think in these times where hospitals have shut down and yeah uh, and people you know friends and family can't be in the room with patients uh yeah and so absolutely. It's, there's like a remoteness to it yeah 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 so um so yeah yeah, it's, and and it's it's more about that one's more about just simple communication, really. Yeah. Yeah. Simple communication, reassurance. I think. Well, yeah. I also want to ask you about the one titled "Song," and in yeah. in this one, uh, it's very vibrant. It looks very uh, like a photograph, like it's it's very real life. You've got a uh, a breathing circuit on. Uh, you know, kind of an extension arm, a little metal extension arm that would be common, like in an intensive care unit. And at the end of the breathing yeah. mask, there's the oxygen, the, the end of the breathing circuit, there's the oxygen mask. And this is, the device is exactly what it looks like in the operating room 
that's our setup bef- that we use yeah. just prior to getting someone off to sleep for surgery. So uh, as an anesthesia provider, this is very common equipment. But then on top of this, you've got a blackbird uh, clutching the kind of the elbow or the corner of the oxygen circuit and mask. And the bird's got its head tilted to the side. And he's clearly looking at, uh, at the audience. So uh, it's super evocative. But I wonder if you would describe, mm. you know, what's, what's going on in that? What's, what's your thoughts behind that? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the equipment thing, I mean, I, obviously I went online and did quite a bit of research about it. So obviously myself, I didn't know. But the idea of the, the, idea of the bird is like a crow. And it's sort of um, throughout different cultures as different meanings people you know we see a crow or raven it people think it can herald somebody passing away or it can you know it's it's good luck it, lots of different things but it was it was just some it, a particular creature i thought that just didn't fit with the medical environment right and i and i i, I really like the idea of it sort of being almost very symbolic of being perched there um but because I called it song, it's almost like it sort of that the title I kind of felt gave it that sort of level of hope, if that oh, makes interesting. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like almost like the bird was like a guide for that person. And then I was um probably tapping a little bit into JJ Bar's The Crow, you know, as as um which is a quite a well known, you know, comic book series. And uh yeah, it was just a, the crow itself for me. It was a very strong image. Yeah, and I liked the connection to the, the the medical equipment, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I hate to say I'm not familiar with the comic book series, uh, but framing it as as something that's hopeful uh, is remarkable. I mean, the bird looks. Uh, I mean, you could say neutral, but but given that kind of context. It looks like a rather pleasant bird. It looks happy. But when I saw yeah. this, I was like, well, I wonder what he meant by that. Is that is is it the omen of death or is it something is it is it something hopeful? Because it almost does look a little hopeful. Uh but it's, it's yeah, it's I kind of like it to be interpreted how whichever way somebody wants it to be interpreted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. I mean, my, my takeaway from it is it's more hopeful. It's yeah. more of a it's more guide if that makes sense to something that's happening. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, the in in the contrast again, because it struck me, I was like it's such a real image of the breathing circuit uh, in the oxygen mask, and then to have a bird perched on it—it's something that you would never see in a in a hot. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, sometimes birds get in in the hospitals, but um, probably not full size crows. Uh, but, but, but anyway, that was amazing. Um, yeah, there are a couple of images that that seem to also play on maybe the social commentary or the tensions that people feel with healthcare providers or, or other other people. So you've got one titled yeah. Goodbye. And in this one, you've got uh, someone in scrubs who seems to be squatting down and they're looking kind of off into the distance with their uh, head rested on their, their hand, which is on their uh, yeah. elbow on their knee. And then off of the distance, you've got two people uh, that are kind of fading away and, and and then literally they're kind of disintegrating into little bits kind of in the wind mm. as they stand next to each other and, and walk away. What's the story behind that? I think it was, a, it was kind of, I was sort of thinking about a nurse that maybe had sort of been through a process of struggling with somebody or, or a couple, particularly maybe an elderly couple who, who had obviously not made it through the virus. And it was, I, I wanted to have one image where they were, it was that the nurse was kind of how they felt they were broken a bit. Yeah. And, and that, that's sort of in the process of thinking, well, I, I didn't, we can save those people. Okay. Um, so, so it was, it was one of those, images because a lot, obviously a lot of the images <clears throat> kind of are symbolic to nurses fighting yeah, and pushing forward defiance holding their resolve, anger, that, you know, all those kind of things are in there. But I wanted to put in an image where it almost felt like, well, I can't, I can't do this right now. You know, I've just got, I've just got to accept that this isn't good. And yeah, I'm a bit broken from this. So yeah, it was, and like I say, as the, the thing through the whole thing is just injecting that tiny little bit of vulnerability into everybody that, you know, that everybody, you know, they're, they're human beings and they're fallible and they're doing a really good job, but, well, right. And I think that despite how hard healthcare 
workers and, and health systems are trying to respond to the virus, uh, it is a bit overwhelming and you can't, unfortunately, we can't save everyone. Yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. On the facing page in your book, you have an image uh, titled Goliath. And this is, this is quite interesting. You have a, a woman who is Goliath-sized compared to the nurse mm. she seems to be yelling at. She's like, I don't know, she twice or three times the size of this nurse. The nurse is still looking quite defiant, uh, standing upright, arms crossed, eyes closed. And the, this Goliath woman doesn't have a mask on. The nurse does. She's kind of pointing angrily at the nurse, maybe yelling, pointing at herself. And she's got her foot smashed on what looks to be like a ventilator, like she's crushing the ventilator. Yeah. Uh, what's what's going on with that image? I think I I did I struggled doing anything like that. So, but I was watching the the news at the time, sort of absorbing what was going on around the world with different. And that was I think you you start getting people, a lot of people were pushing back. Uh, you know, there's 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 no virus. I've got my rights. You know, and all that thing. And then you've got <clears throat> a lot of you had a lot of imagery of nurses and doctors sort of standing there being quite defiant. Yeah. And it's, and I thought, that's, you know, that kind of taps in a lot to the, the, the first image I did. And you, you had a lot of sort of women, men and women anyway, who really kind of, there was a particular scene I saw on the TV in the States of a, 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 a lady who was sort of half out of a car shouting you know, the, the the nurses who were standing there, like, I want to get past, I want to get, I've got my rights, you can't. And it was, I wanted to kind of just put that over in an image. And I mean, I'm, I myself am not not religious, but the, you've got the David and Goliath thing going. Oh, right. You know, right. And, and it sort of mirrors, also mirrors the um, the original image a little bit. Um, so you've got, yeah, so you've got a lot of symbolism there. You've kind of got, you know, they're, they're treading on this big, powerful, Entities treading down on, on on an object that pretty much is is vital, um, and the nurse just 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 keeping a resolve really. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah, that was that one. I did struggle with that one, so I didn't want to. It's it's a tricky one to uh, to sometimes maybe not offend anyone or take some kind of side, but it was just so prominent at the time in the news through lockdown, right? Of sort of pushing against. Uh, you know, pushing against people and stuff that I felt I needed to include in the book somewhere. Well, and I think that is an element of the current pandemic is that uh, there's a response from healthcare providers who seem to embrace science and facts and the information and kind of get that this is an airborne disease and yeah, yeah I mean, sure. uh, uh, you know, fighting an airborne disease means that you need to wear a mask and socially distance and yeah. wash your hands and kind of change your behavior. And and there is a bit of a pushback from some in the community that maybe don't fully understand that and and they get angry because yeah. they see it's a, an infringement on their rights. And and it is interesting. I mean, it 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 clearly is uh, looks like the image, your first image of the nurse facing off with Coronas, and I guess that is a little bit. Um, Certainly not a villain, but another obstacle that healthcare providers yeah, have to face is is the yeah, public sure. who doesn't really embrace what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do you have a Do you have an image that you've that you've drawn in this line of work that uh, resonates particularly with you, or maybe your experience of the pandemic? Um, I'm gonna have a look. I'm gonna have, to look. <laughs> have to look back at what you uh, what you did. Absolutely, look about what I did. I've got. Um, for me, I mean, the thing was that I was wasn't massively personally affected yeah. with it because where I, live, where I live in England, quite although I live in a city, it's it's quite a rural city, and I have a housemate who's also a he's he cares for elderly people with dementia, so he he continued working all through the lockdown. I was I can could continue working all through lockdown, so obviously I work wherever I like really, and. Um, I think the only thing that affected me the most was my daughter and a lack of education, really, uh-huh. and and her friends and the the fact that the schools had shut down. It created a level of uncertainty that I've never seen in my life. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't think there's one particular um, because I kind of did a lot of the work quite. It sounds a bit sounds a bit trite, really, but I did a lot of the work quite self- selflessly, and I didn't. Although I added elements to. Uh, you know, sort of 
reminded me of my parents and various other yeah. bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, the, the art one, I quite sort of hit with me because there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of, particularly here in this country, there was a lot of issues with PPE and nurses getting hold of equipment and not having the appropriate equipment and stuff like that. And it, oh, I always felt it was something that you always took for granted that the nurse did the, nurses doctors they'd never be without right the correct equipment that they needed and then all of a sudden this stuff very much in this this country without me getting too blissful it really started hitting home um that our health system wasn't really looked after as much as as it as it could be yeah in in art yeah. I, I think that is such an interesting image so that one's got um a piece of white duct tape holding up a pair of gloves and a mask on a wall yeah. with a little tiny for sale sign that says $120,000, which uh, yeah. is clearly evocative of when someone taped a banana to a wall and it, it, is, and it, I that. And it sold for $120,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it, it, because I think that, I think we, we could all agree that that was the most bloody absurdest thing we'd seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up. yeah the grotesque way that, you know, people represent art and things like that. And so, and to me, it was, it became the same thing. It became, became this, this, you know, the peepee, the, the, the gloves, the masks, the, the hairnets, the whole, the whole thing that the, the, our healthcare providers needed was suddenly, oh, we haven't got enough. We haven't got, then you kind of, oh, crikey, you know, this, why, you know, this is, you know, you need this, this is because this equipment is needed to save people's lives and you, you know, you run, we're running a bit short of it. So it, yeah, it's, it, it, I tried to reflect the absurdness of that. I might have been naive, but it was just the absurdness that I felt of, that we didn't have that kind of equipment at the time. No, it's great. It's great. Uh, in it, in it, yeah, it's super interesting to me. I took it as a, a, a bit humorous, but I guess that's part of just the you know, the absurdity of it. Uh, you tape a banana yeah. on the wall and you call it art and it sells for over a hundred thousand dollars. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah. On, on PPE, I, I love the image that you did titled language where you've got three hands across uh, a white background and they each have a blue Oof. glove on and, and it, and the hands are signing the, the sign symbols for P P E. Uh, but then yeah. e, e has got the middle finger torn off. <laughs> Tell, tell me about that. Oh, you noticed that. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's, well, it's, it's, quite, it's quite simple. I wanted to, uh, it's, it's a bit, I mean, the, the, the publisher is, he's, they're awesome because they're, they're, they don't have any, they're not going in for profit. They, they want to create books and stuff that are really going to be impactful for people. And, and that was so, I, I wanted to include sort of a lot of different languages if I could somehow yeah. in it, I mean, I'm sort of, and, it, and one of them was sign language. I mean, where I used to work a long time ago, yeah, although I'm not very good at it myself, sign language is very important. And um, it was also the the subtlety of the way that the, the, the gloves sort of degrade in each letter, in each hand. Oh, so right, the final right. one, it, it, it's looking, you know, like, like the gloves are degrading and stuff like that. So, um, and yeah, obviously the middle finger has a soul kind of symbolism to the original image, if you like. So, um, yeah, that's what it was. It was kind of the, it, it, I wanted it to put over the, um, the fact that people needed, and they were trying to desperately communicate the fact that they needed more of this equipment. Right. Right. Um, and they weren't getting really, you know, it was kind of degrading. So, right. um, yeah. Right. Yeah, it is interesting. I think that this is the first time on a global scale and such a widespread scale that there's been such a strain on kind of global healthcare networks down down to the end. And I love how you you embody that. I think to the individual person so well. So instead of you know from a system standpoint, you've got uh, hands with their with the glove on it you know so, so it comes down to the actual individual person who's looking for the ppe or the gloves or the mask yeah. uh but it is it, it, you know from the human experience i think it's this is a time where you know you kind of always think that uh you know in a, in a developed country that healthcare should be a bit de facto i mean we all we all do it a little bit differently i can't say the united states has it figured out uh yeah with, with how much money we spend on it and how poor our health outcomes are but um 
but you always think that, hey, well, they're going to have what they need at least to take care of me. But I think, yeah. I think around the world we were caught off guard uh, by not having the PPE to keep our healthcare providers safe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, here it's. I mean, because we're very low. We've got the NHS here, so it's, it's strange to say. But I mean, because obviously the book, the book, I had to reflect globally. You know, the, the what was trying to go on you know sort of put it over which is difficult because i'm sort of stuck in norfolk in england you know with and we've got we have you know it's 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 stretched to its limits and everybody there is underpaid blah, blah, blah. but we have a health system where we we don't pay for it yeah you know and we, we always we've we've always taken it for and we do take it for granted you do that if anything happens you know we have an accident emergency unit we can walk into and they'll they'll treat us and we walk out of it we don't get a bill you know we, we still it's alien in England, I think, to to think that um, in 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 the states, you know, you you'd have treatment, and then somebody would send you a bill for it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 a cra- it's crazy, you know, to think that. <laughs> I was literally MJ. I was literally in the in the operating room yesterday, and I was listening to a nurse talk about being sick recently. And yeah, I, I didn't catch the whole story in terms of what her illness was, but she was it was something simple. She literally walked in to the emergency department and she walked yeah. out with a $1,200 bill later. And she was exclaiming like, they charged me $1,200 to just come in the door, uh, yeah. which is crazy. It, so it's quite foreign for us, I think, to think about, yeah, that you could have healthcare yeah. and not get a bill. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're, we're incredibly, we're incredibly lucky in this country, but also unfortunately slightly, I think with, um, Again, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down the political road, but yeah. it's it's not treated as as well as it should be by a long a long shot, really. Right. It's, right. It's, but it's the service. I mean, I I I'm very lucky. I mean, I'm I'm sort of in my late forties, and I haven't I have I've never been in hospital. Um, apart from when I was born, obviously. But my I've seen family members and friends in and out of hospital. You know, and and the the care and service they've always got has been always blown me away. You know, my dad's had a, my dad had a quadruple heart bypass, and just the the aftercare and everything is just I you know would never complain. My mum's been looked after by certain nurses, a lady Julie who looked after my mum, which she was absolutely brilliant. Treated my mum like you know with dignity. Yeah, even when she had to do things that weren't that dignified for my mum. So, yeah, it's something. It's something that I think occasionally we do need to remind ourselves in this country how lucky we are. Um, yeah, that we don't, we aren't in a situation where where all of us can go and get the same kind of quality and level of healthcare. Right, right. Yeah. And, and, and on that note, with the NHS, you you do have an image titled "Air," a concept idea where you've got a a pair of lungs that look like they're attached to the NHS logo. Uh, yeah. What's what's going on with that? Oh well, that's well. If you look at the lungs, the lungs are actually the United Kingdom. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah, that it's actually the it's actually the the um, the the map of our country. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, um, well, the, the the idea the idea of that is quite simple. It's like like the NHS is pretty much like the oxygen that keeps the country going. Yeah, you know, um, and without it the country's just going to fade away and die because i mean you know if we didn't have an nhs that was looking after the elderly and the sick and people who were coming in and out and stuff like that you know the you know the whole country would just fall apart so yeah. it's quite a simple quite a simple thing and i wanted i wasn't targeting or trying not to target any particular hospitals or any particular country even you know i, I was trying to keep it as a that's why a lot of the, the colors of the ppe stuff in the book are like they're, they're slightly ambiguous Right. Um, I know it's a subtle thing, but slightly ambiguous greens and things like that. Because I mean, another thing was I didn't know, but the the percentage of like sort of African American sort of healthcare providers is massively, it's hugely more in the states than it is in this country. If you you know things like that. So, and all obviously representing every sort of um, nationality I, right. I could. Kind of gone off a tangent a bit, <laughs> but no, it's, yeah. So, that that was that one. It was just it was just basically putting over how much it was a, it, almost in a kind of a logo 
kind of way. Right. Right. I do uh, appreciate the diversity that's represented in your artwork. Uh, I think it, I think it's super powerful uh, and meaningful um, to, you know, for anyone to be able to see themselves depicted in, in artwork as heroes uh, sure. for the, for the, for the NHS logo. I, I didn't see uh, the outline of uh, Great Britain at first, of course, in, in the, in what would physiologically anatomically be the left lung, but, you know, facing the, yeah. the reader on the, on the right side of the page. Uh, it's, it's clear to me now that that's the, the shape of, uh, the island and then mirror image that to the right lung. The lungs look a yeah. bit deflated, uh, like they're in need of some resuscitation or some air, uh, yeah. and then attach to the NHS logo. So, um, that's wonderful. Uh, what, what's, what's been the response to your work on this project? What's it been like to, to hear from your followers and, and other folks of this, as this has kind um, of caught fire? Yeah, it's right. Well, it's, I get a lot of at least five or six messages on a daily basis from healthcare workers saying initially, like we saw your image, the one image is you can, we print it out. It's awesome. You know, um, I had a lot of like, I, I started selling um, the digital print of it because people just wanted it yeah. to, to be able to print up and stuff like that. So yeah. I, and I've got a lot of people sort of saying, yeah, you know, this has made me for, you know, and I'm sort of, I blew me away to be honest. I, I thought, okay, I've drawn this, but it seems to be giving people kind of a bit of a level of hope and a bit of a, you know, putting a bit of a punch in the day. Um, and that that was absolutely great. And then obviously the book, the book sort of um, came out, and then I'm now getting a second a second wave of people messaging me because I've got the book, and they're like, oh my, it's you know better than I thought it would have been. It's really great. Yeah. I do get, uh, particularly via my Instagram, you do get quite obviously a level of negativity towards it as well. And I think a lot of the negative, sorry. Oh, because, yeah, that's surprising to me. What kind of response have you gotten that's been negative? The ne- um, I I think it comes from a lot of people who've sort of started up the kind of like the anti-masking. There is no, there is no virus. You know, it's all here to control us kind of conspiracy side of things. And so they're kind of, they're sort of pushing back. They see it as something that people are looking at. So they're pushing back going, oh, there is no virus. You're just, and so you, you get that. And I mean, that's fair enough. I mean, if p- people are entitled to their opinions, but I think on a couple of occasions, people have like, you know, healthcare workers commented on it and then people have directly insulted them. And that's something I've got zero tolerance for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, anyway, I kind of think, well, what these people are working really on shifts, they haven't got the proper equipment there stressed push to their limits doing their best and you think it's because of a conspiracy theory it just doesn't right. really work so so yeah so i but i i mean that's minimal i that's minimal that's outweighed by the, the just sheer amount of sort of people going oh brilliant thank you you know yeah yeah can i copy your book and where can i get it from and all that kind of stuff so yeah 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 and i yeah. do want to and i do want to talk about that before we go um what ha, has the has the response to the pandemic been uh politi- political in in great britain i mean i mean in the in the united states it wearing a mask can be uh kind of a political statement in terms of you know yeah. uh, not just which which predominant party you align with but uh you know whether you believe this whole thing is uh, some sort of conspiracy or or, or whatever sure. is, is it as politicized there as, as it may be here i think um not from what I see, not as much in the states, but then again, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not exactly a massive zeitgeist for the whole country because I'm, I'm yeah, sort yeah. of in in a in quite a rural place where, in in my the area I'm in, our infection rate is one of the lowest in the country. Um, but yeah, it, there, there's there's definitely a divide of people who believe that you don't need to wear a mask. I mean, we've got, I mean, our our rules here in in the UK now is if you go into um, if you go anywhere indoors, you wear a mask. You know, you're out shopping, you wear a mask. Um, and a lot of people aren't. You get you get a very big. You get a lot of people who look really frightened. You're wearing the mask all the time. Then you get a lot of people who kind of defiantly stroll around without a mask. But unfortunately, it's not in a situation where anybody can really police it, and the government haven't put a precedence upon it. So we're still in this really weird situation where we really don't know what's around the corner when it's if we're going to have another sort of small lockdown i mean there's talk yeah. in this country of other sort of mini lockdown and 
or whether the week certain areas are going to be locked down. So um, I think a lot of people are kind of on edge a little bit about that. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I recently I've travelled to London a couple of times in the last month, and when you get to London, it's I you, I get the vibe anyway that people are taking it a bit more seriously, right? Um, social distancing, wearing masks, things like that, as as opposed to here. But then again, like I say, there's probably here in in Norfolk, there's very you're not going to find many people who've maybe know somebody who's been directly affected by the virus. Right. 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 So, um, yeah. So that's, 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 that's kind of what it's like and what I've seen a bit here anyway. When, where along the way did you realize that these drawings that you were doing and kind of putting out on Instagram would, would evolve into a hardcover book with a, with a worldwide distribution? Um, I, I didn't really. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was doing the big. It seemed to give people like a, and you know they really liked it. They really liked the image. So, and then I got a couple of commissions from people asking me to like do the image, but change it up for them in a certain personal way. Yeah. Uh, and then I, so then I started putting a few more images down. People just, just it was really hitting home with people. And then I think the publisher approached me and said, you know, have you been approached by? published do you want to can we can we do a book this is we want to make this because it, we think this is going to be a really important visual universal visual thing they said we anticipate it's going to be a lot of sort of documentation and writing about looking back at the, the, how this impacted us all but they said this is we want to make a visual thing so um i was like yeah and then i had a very short space of time uh-huh. to create um another i think there was another probably 60 images i needed to create um, so the publisher could get the book out sort of in time. So it was still fresh for people. Yeah. And I don't think they'd taken an art book like that on of such such scale. So they were very insistent on it. it was like a really high quality thing and and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I um yeah, I I I I then just absorbed myself in it and created the rest of the work. But yeah, I didn't I didn't anticipate it would be be a book. I mean, as as I don't know how well it's selling, to be honest, at the moment. I know there's there's like a limited You've got the hard copies that I've signed yeah. that are limited. Me and the publisher have been talking about doing a a cheaper, you know, sort of softback copy, right? With that isn't signed, but I was probably adding maybe another twenty artworks to it. Oh, right. Um, right. So, so yeah, so it makes the original one more of a collector's well, piece. It, it it's it's quite a gorgeous book. I think it came out really really nice uh it, it does look amazing. i mean the the, the pr- i think the, the the publishers really i mean they, they've really kind of i mean they've really sort of pulled back on the amount of um profit i think they're getting from it because it's they they've you know the italian printing ones i was i mean i was quite impressed when i got it i thought i didn't expect it to be this good at that price because if you usually go into bookshops i see art books of that quality and they're usually sort of 50 pounds here yeah. So um sounds like I'm now advertising the book, but it's it's just it's just one of because I've never had my stuff printed in that sort of format before. So yeah, I was quite I was quite impressed by it. Yeah, I did want to ask, is this the first book that you've put out? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean my I mean I'm still I'm I'm still just a sort of a jobbing illustrator and I, I take on a lot of um a, a big, big part of my work is I take on a lot of uh, comic book art for Kickstarter projects and sort of up and coming comics that aren't necessarily affiliated to any of the big so i mean i'd love to just just do a cover or something for marvel or dc i'd really like to do that but yeah i work and i get a lot of personal commissions from people as well you know um which i really enjoy doing so um yeah it's the first time i've ever had i mean i've had artwork in sort of various others like i was my artwork's been featured in sort of clive barker's hellraiser volume zero and um i've done some work with dan fogler on his comic and things like that but never a solo thing like this really right so right right new experience well well i'm so glad you did and uh i think the big producers uh they they may have their next uh hero villain storyline coming out if they if they catch wind of your work (laughs) i think i think you could have something there would you mind talking about a couple more images before we go yeah no absolutely yeah no go for it uh you you've got an image titled mindy she looks quite remarkable 
Uh, yeah. she, she looks like she's about to hug me. She's, uh, or maybe she, I don't know, maybe she's throwing down. I'm not sure quite which one, but she's, uh, it looks like it's a healthcare provider in, in a yeah. gown with gloves on and, um, a mask, if not a couple of masks with a hair bonnet, uh, and then one of those rigid face shields. Her arms are open wide. She's facing the onlooker and she's got a bunch of butterflies around her. Uh, yeah. who's, who, who's Mindy? Who did you have in mind? Okay. <laughs> This is this is a really weird story. That, that Mindy is a real a real healthcare provider. I thought she might be. And yeah, the image is pretty much taken from a photograph of her that was sent to me by um, while I was halfway through doing the book and bits and pieces, and I can't remember the guy's name and I can't remember the details, which really annoys me. And basically, I was getting so many messages at the time of people saying, "I really like your work. I really like the, the, this. I really like that." that I found it really difficult to manage my Instagram account and look at all these messages and reply to them all and stuff. Right. And then one pops the guy said, Oh, you know, I'm a nurse. This is, this is Mindy. She's, she, she really loves the idea of your book. This is a photograph I took for her and I really like the photograph. I thought it was an awesome photograph. So I said, can I use it? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, no, go for it. So I did it. And then what I wanted to do was then send them a, a free copy of the book besides some copies I could send it. Yeah. And um, I couldn't find, I couldn't find the bloody message in my Instagram. Oh no! And I, I spent about a day looking, looking for this, and because it's just weird, because it wasn't sent to me an email; it was sent to me as an Instagram message, and you can't really search through your Instagram messages for imagery and stuff. But yes, yeah, she was a real lady. She was kind of in a, quite a good mood, I think, in a bit of a booyah kind of. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mood. And I loved it. But I also one thing, and she she seemed like a really strong lady. Like she knew, you know, she was. Yeah, I've got this, you know, like that. So, and I just added the butterflies because I thought they were such a delicate thing to put around such a strong, powerful person. Um. So yeah, that was Mindy. That was the only. And, and I, if 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 I can ever get find out who they are, what I do want to send them a copy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It well, I I doubt Mindy's going to find this podcast from the United States, but no. <laughs> it, but but if her or her coworker does, uh, you got a free book from MJ coming at you. Yeah. Uh, she Absolutely. looks she looks quite defiant. She looks very hopeful, and the butterflies are a perfect touch. They look great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite images, actually. If I had to pick one probably from the book, it's great. Well, I mean it. It's. I I knew there was a story behind it because it's such a it's such a real image. It it had to be, especially with the title Mindy. Like Mindy had to be a real yeah. person. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's so many images here. There's two. There's two with uh, healthcare providers holding swords that that are part of my favorite. And of course, one is a big burly guy. Let me see if I can flip to that one. It's titled Excalibur, and it looks like he's just. Yeah slayed the head off of, of a dragon uh, version of the villain Coronas yeah. or, or coronavirus. So it's this gnarly dragon with his head. You know, the 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 warrior healthcare provider is, uh, you know, of course, big and, and, and muscular with a mask on and a sword uh, draped over his shoulder uh, on his back and yeah. uh, holding this dragon's head down by his left side uh, and kind of walking towards the audience. Uh it's quite it's quite a powerful image. Yeah, I mean I mean that one that was more of the stereotypical comic book look. Yeah. But also sort of slightly quintessentially English because it's you know, you got Arthurian legend and a little bit of, of that kind of injected into it. Yeah. In a in a very more of a comic book stance. So yeah, yeah, that was that was where that I think I was watching Scanabra on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so it into my yeah. And, and I think that one, uh, contrasting with the last image of the book, uh, which is titled the first frontliner. And this yeah. is, uh, this is a woman. Uh, she reminds me of Florence Nightingale. Uh, was, was, where's the inspiration for this woman was, um, well, yeah, I mean, she is Florence Nightingale. Okay, she okay. Was, uh, yeah. The idea of her was, um, I mean, obviously the first frontliner is sort of a take on the first Avenger. Yeah. And um, from from Marvel, and um, yeah, I quite like the idea of her as kind of like her. I mean, she, I think she was like the like I just really loved the idea of um, 
this Victorian woman, but in more of a kind of a heroic kind of pose. You know, I gave her kind of like a sword that had a had a Victorian lantern built into it. And, you know, she sort of, you know, sepia colours, you know, been down the back streets and slayed this creature. Yeah. That was Irish, you know. And uh, Yeah, so that's where that came from. It was sort of taking a very old, uh, old sort of look of a, you know, the nurse. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. She looks, she looks incredibly like the, this deep resolve on her face. I mean, flat, flat lips, eyes that look weathered, this old Victorian flowing dress, uh, sword clutched with the tip pointing towards the ground in her left hand. And then she's holding, uh, again, that, uh, kind of round blob of a virus, uh, who looks like he's been yeah. slain quite worried as he, as he looks up, uh, towards Florence and she just looks like she's such a boss. Like in, and, and I think what's interesting is that you've got Florence Nightingale slain COVID-19, right? It's the throw, it's the, it's like the cross generational throwback. And it just makes me think as a, as like a parting image that, you know, nurses and healthcare providers, they've been doing this for a long time. They've been facing down, uh, giants and, in, in enemies that would disparage our health for a really long time. And, uh, while it harkens back to, you know, uh, some old roots, I think it's, it's very hopeful for the future that we're going to keep doing this. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the, I mean, obviously, the first as you open book, you get Mary Seacole, who was like the. I think technically she was the first, it was during the Crimean War, and she was the first. She was the first nurse and sort of professional healer. I mean, she was British Jamaican, and she was quite an important um, person. I felt that needed to be in the book as well. Oh, thank so you. So she's yeah. So she, so she obviously adds the front. She obviously is at the front of the book and Florence Nightingale's at the back of the book. So the book's sort of nicely sectioned be, between two incredibly important women, yeah. you know, to the healthcare service of, yeah. And, and that image is titled Valiant and she's looking uh, incredibly brave, yeah. also kind of in a, in a sepia yeah. tone, um, yeah. looking at us from the past. It's incredible. Yeah. 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 So yeah, again, all, all, sort of, all sort of done in that very kind of very comic book style without too much exaggeration. Right. So, yeah. uh, what's next for you? What's on the horizon? Are, are you going to, you, you talked about, a little bit about maybe doing a, uh, a soft cover book with a few more images. Are you going to continue uh, drawing in this theme? Um, yeah. What I'm, what I'm going to do is, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm, I have to work daily doing commissions and bits and pieces to, to, to pay the rent and that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think the publishers sort of looking at the, the more the sort of not so expensive sort of so and there, there'll be another run of albeit probably not signed another run of the hardback. So so that'll um, the book will still be ticking over. But I, I am quite interested in adding a few more images to it because obviously there's been you know things have progressed, things have changed, and I've seen a few things that have been sort of inspired me. So there will be more, and then also I'll probably be drip feeding that art via my Twitter feed and Instagram as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, I, I don't know. I mean, it's seeing how it's, it's seeing how other well book goes. It's a very new thing for me to to have something that's so sort of globally recognised as a piece of art, right? But yeah, it's not in the mainstream of art, if that makes sense. It's not like it was on the front cover of a Marvel comic, yeah. And everybody's talking about it. It's it's something that I think a lot of people have sort of picked up and wow, I really like the image and it's gone global, but probably not within the comic book community so much. So, um, yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm seeing where it's going, obviously. And, um, and yeah, sort of the publisher's got a few plans for, for, for the book and maybe us doing something else together in the future. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'll see. I'll see. Yeah. So, yeah, just seeing how it's going at the moment. Because, I mean, I don't, I think, I mean, the book's available on the, on the high street in this country and it's available, obviously available via the publisher. And I think I do believe it's on Amazon and you can buy it from other out, out retailers and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's getting home because this having a book out is a very new thing for me. It's just kind of a bit of a learning curve as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and so it's, it's eyewear publishing, eyewear publishing and the book is yeah. frontline heroes by MJ Hiblin. Yeah. And uh, they can, where else can people follow your work? 
my Instagram, just NJ NJ Hiblinar. I'm on Instagram and I've got a Facebook page and I I'm starting to and I've, I've really just started to get into Twitter. But I just it's mainly it's mainly for for my artwork. And usually what I do is I because I I, I kind of like to provide people with art. I mean, I provide sort of free artwork if you like. You know, I just I, I post my ideas and bits and pieces up on those platforms. People like them. I think you you accumulate followers, and then it's word of mouth, and you can get some work. So, um, so yes, yeah, so, but yeah, people can find a ton of like weird, creepy stuff. <laughs> your other your other stuff is remarkable. I've really enjoyed. You you have some creepy shit out there, man. I'm going to tell you. This. Some oh of yeah, the, some of the horror images are just amazing. Uh, your take on uh, villains that are common to us all are are super interesting. And I, and I think that's, you know, what you've said, you know, this may not have, this current line of work may not have caught in the attention of like the comic book world, but I think you've introduced uh, the, the artwork of, of heroes and villains to the healthcare community. I mean, uh, obviously there's, yeah. there's comic fans out there that, that work in healthcare, but I think this work has been so empowering for people to see that, you know, you've given a, an incredible embodiment and personification of uh of this virus you've touched on the the response that people have had and have felt uh in terms of the pandemic the social implications of that just the the hardship the the worn and beat down kind of feeling that we have as healthcare providers but also i think you've you've just so perfectly giving people images of resolve and defiance and, and hope in this artwork. So yeah. uh, I just want to say thank you so much. It's had such a powerful oh, no. impact on me, and I, and I know it has others. Uh, my, my mother bought this book, as did my boss uh, yeah. who, at the hospital. As soon as he saw it, he bought one for the whole department uh, in order for us to pass around. And it's just been, it's been quite remarkable. It's been really powerful, and I really appreciate yeah. I mean, uh, like, the time that you've like, put into it. Well, like I've always said to anybody who's sort of written to me sort of thanking me about that because I do feel incredibly humbled about that because you know if you, you draw a, a pretty cool picture of uh John Wick or Batman or something you know you get people going oh, I like that picture that's, that's cool I like that I like the fact that I can entertain people probably scare people whatever with my artwork but when you start getting stuff from nurses and healthcare workers and things like that it, it does really humble me and sometimes I just don't know what to reply perhaps the kind of thing that there wouldn't have been any artwork if you weren't doing what you were doing you know, it's it's all, all the inspiration I took was from people writing to me and seeing what what people were doing, and I kind of felt it was a bit. It was my own personal little not not at this point thinking that it would be a book, but it was my own personal sort of saying thank you to those people, and and that also goes back to the fact that I think you know well, they gave you know my 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 daughter, you know, the birth of my daughter, the you know looking after my my very small family that I've got looking after them. Yeah. It's a bit of a thank you for that as well. If, you know? Yeah. So, um, so thank you guys for, for doing what you do, you know, because you are, you, you, you're the guys who created that. Not, not me. I just, I just drew, drew it. <laughs> so, well, MJ, yeah. it's been, it's been incredibly cathartic and, uh, I, I, I We'll definitely put links in the show notes uh, and share this podcast widely for those who hear it. We'll put links in the show notes to uh, your Instagram pages, where they can find the book. I would highly encourage people to get your copy of this. Uh, There's images in the book that I I believe you haven't put up on Instagram or I haven't seen anyway on some of the the digital platforms. So you're definitely missing out if you don't get the book. Uh, but thank you so much. And thank you for taking the time to talk on the yeah. podcast. I know yeah. you're, you're a busy guy and you're probably getting a flood of responses related to this work, but I'm so grateful to, to chat with you. I was going to do a podcast anyway about how powerful this book was. And I thought on the off chance, sure. I was like, well, let me, let me contact him and see if we'll do a show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, no, no pleasure. Pleasure. And, um, yeah, I mean, if you send me a link to this podcast as well, that'd be good. And I'll pop it up on my, um, Facebook and stuff. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, the podcast will will take off after that. <laughs> and so I, I, I do want to highlight one thing you said. You said you, you are available for commission work. Is that correct? If people wanted, yeah. wanted artwork, oh, yeah. whether it's whether it's healthcare providers or, or other kind of work. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, great. Yeah. And is there anything else that you'd like to say before we go? Um, no, just like a thank you to, to, to you guys, really, and what you do. Um yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I want to say, I think.
Thank you.